So I want to say to you, and I want to say to all the campuses that are tuning in right now, Merry Christmas. So, so glad you are here. And uh, I know I say this to you a lot. I hope you know it to be true. And that is, um, man, my family and I, we just love you. We love serving here. We love uh, watching your kids grow up. We've been here long enough now to see kids growing up along with our kids. And uh, we just, we want you to know we never take it for granted. We never take it lightly that we get to serve and love a movement like New Hope Church. So thank you. And uh, that is my way of saying that if you have not picked up um, our gift to you, we do this every single year. It's our Christmas card. We've been doing it for 14 years now. There's my family. And um, I don't know if, I, I hope you would agree, I look far better with them beside me than normally. Amen? You're not going to give my family any more love than that? I was just being self-deprecating and honoring my family. And you're like, well, I don't know that. Anyway, um, get you one of these if you haven't. We have them in the rotunda and the lobbies at all of our campuses. And uh, we would just want to make sure you have that. Um, hey, so we're, we're looking at the Christmas story today. And the truth is, the Christmas story is so familiar that if you're not careful, you can just kind of check out, right? Um, I know that to be the case. You can kind of say, you know what, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, and uh, all of that kind of stuff. But what we did this year is uh, we wanted to show a fresh, creative telling of the Christmas story. And it's perfect because we have all of these beautiful children among us Today, Hey, who's thankful for the children in the house of God tonight? And children, I want to say to you today, this is a service for you, so, so pay close attention. We've had children actually receiving Christ uh, in the services prior to this. But here's what I want you to do for now. I want you to just sit back and enjoy, and I mean to tell you, you are going to thoroughly enjoy this rendition of the Christmas story in Luke's gospel for the children and the adults among us. Check it out. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry and then the angel just appeared and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager, I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up, they went to Bethlehem, him, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place and here in Bethlehem, hand that that you can stay stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way, and they followed. 
when the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel was singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise man heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, ring, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's going to be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby i ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is going to change the world. <laughs> I love you. you the best baby I've ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> he is the best baby we have ever seen. Can I hear an amen? amen? He is the greatest gift the world has ever known. This is why we give and receive gifts at Christmas. And the greatest gift you will ever experience is not found under your tree. The greatest gift you will ever see was one who grew up, born a baby, but grew up and was crucified on a tree for you and for me and for the sins of the world. The greatest gift we've ever seen. Hey, how are you guys doing with your gift uh, purchasing this year? Honestly, honestly, how many of you need to go hit up the mall or something after this service tonight? See, there's always a few of them. They're sheepish, right? How many of you think you know what you're going to get under the Christmas tree tomorrow? Have you, ever, have you ever wanted a gift, and then when you got a gift, it wasn't what you really wanted in the first place? Have you, you know, gift giving, gift buying, gift receiving, it can backfire on you. Again, if you ever wanted something, then you got it, and you're like, man, I'm not sure I wanted that. Reminds me of a, of a couple. They were about 60 years old, and they were walking around in their front yard literally on Christmas Day. And it was a warm day, obviously, in the south, right? And they're walking around in the front yard, and uh, she sees a cork sticking out of the ground. And so the woman, the wife, grabs the cork and realizes it's connected to a bottle. And she pulls the bottle out, and all of a sudden she pulls the cork out, and poof, out pops a genie. You've, you've heard of this, right? And, and so the genie says, I will give you whatever you want for Christmas. You give me any wish. Both of you get a wish, two wishes, and I'm going to give you whatever you want for Christmas. And the lady, 60 years old, she goes, I don't know. She goes, are you sure I can get anything I want? And the genie said, yes. Yeah. She goes, well, since you offer, we've been living in this little old house for three and a half decades. And I'd like to kind of finish my life, if I could, maybe in a mansion. 
And all of a sudden, poof, she looked behind her and the house became a mansion. The landscaping was impeccable. She got so excited, she got giddy, she started running around her house. Then the genie looked at the guy and, what can I do for you? And the guy said, for real? He said, yes, what, what can I do for you? Any wish is yours for Christmas. He looked around, his wife was still running around the house, so he was a safe distance from her. And so he said, well, since you offer, I, I'm 60 years old and I've kind of always wanted to be married to a woman who was 30 years younger than me. Boof, all of a sudden he was 90 years old. <laughs> you got to be careful what you ask for. You know what I'm saying? The gift of Jesus, though, is quite different. He's all that you've ever wanted. He's, he's more than maybe you've ever even realized that you wanted. Can I, can I talk to you tonight briefly about the power of this Christmas gift. You see, Jesus came, Jesus came to earth to offer you pardon for your past. Did you hear me? Everybody say pardon. Jesus came to offer you pardon for your past. In fact, if you're in Colossians, and again, I hope you take teaching notes, you receive those on your way in, open up your phone, your app, or just your old school teaching notes, grab the pen in front of you. You can take it in the name of Jesus tonight if with you if you want. It's a new hope pen. But open up to Colossians and read this verse out loud with me. It'll be on the screens. Ready? Go. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. You sound great. Let's continue. But now he has reconciled you. Let's continue. By Christ's physical body through death to present you without blemish and free from, to present you what? Holy in his sight. Without blemish. Here's, a, here's this next part, I love it. Free from that's good news, church. That, everybody say pardon. See, the truth is, and, and I, I don't know if you want to admit it tonight, but the truth is that, you know, I can, I can talk about this group of people because I think I know you real well, and I know we have a lot of guests here today. But the truth is, you're some of the best people on planet Earth. Like, I firmly believe that. Some of you are like, you don't know me. No, listen, I've been, I, I see all kinds of churches. I see all kinds of people. I believe New Hope consists of some of the best people on planet Earth. You are the salt of the earth, in my opinion. So look at your neighbor and say, you're good. Now look at your neighbor that you, that you didn't really want to look at and say, you're good. <laughs> you, you really are. Like, like I, I believe that. But, but can, can we just pause for a moment and say, even in spite of our goodness, come on, come on, let's just be real tonight. There's sin in our lives. And I know our culture doesn't like to talk about sin anymore. And if you listen to a lot of stuff in the church world today, it'll start to convince you that God winks at sin. And I just wanted to remind you today that God is still holy and sin alienates us from God. That's the language that the Bible used. Sin alienates, God bless that sweet little kid. Sin <laughs> give him a candy cane in the name of Jesus. 
But come on, just, just pause for a moment. Think about, think about 2016 for you. Think about 2016. Think about, just start, just start recalling maybe some of the areas where you fell short. Maybe you're here and, and, and you lied too much. Or, or maybe you're here and you, you stole from the company. Or maybe you're here and you had a marital failure. And maybe you're here, it's just all up in your head. Your sin is in your head. I'm talking about sin in action, thought, and deed. A community of faith this large and with all of our campuses, that's a pile of sin. It's like this big box here and God's on that side and God is holy and I'm on this side and I'm sinful. And the Bible says that sin and holiness cannot coexist. So the sin alienates me from God. God doesn't wink at sin. And so God decided to send forth Jesus, the one who could pay your sin debt, the one the one who offers you forgiveness tonight. The one who offers you pardon, redemption, forgiveness of your sin. I don't know if you've flown in and out of New York much, but there's an airport there called LaGuardia. I was thinking about it this week. I dropped my daughter off. Uh, she was going to New York to hang out with some girlfriends. And I uh, dropped her off at RDU. She flew into LaGuardia, then she flew back out. And I, as I was doing that, I kind of got to thinking about a story that I heard a long time ago about a man named Fiorello LaGuardia. Fiorello LaGuardia was the mayor of New York in the 1930s and 40s. They called him Little Flower because he was about five foot four. He wore a flower in his lapel all the time. Let me show you a picture of him. Here's Fiorello LaGuardia. He always had that hat with him. Here's another one at his desk. Loved flowers. Little flower. Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia was a crazy, generous, joyful kind of guy. He would get on the fire engines and ride through downtown streets, New York, and bless people. He would go out in the streets. He was, he was the people's kind of mayor. One night on a cold, frigid January night... In 1935, Fiorello LaGuardia went into the night court. And he walked into the night court and he went around the judge's bench and he tapped the judge on the shoulder and he said, take the night off. The judge was like, yeah, yes, take the night off. So the judge stood up and took off his judge robe. And Mayor LaGuardia, in that moment, put the robe on and became Judge LaGuardia. Not long thereafter, a tattered elderly woman was brought before Mayor LaGuardia for stealing a loaf of bread. LaGuardia asked her why she would do such a thing, and she said, My husband has left me. My kids are home starving. I have no money to buy them food. And so right about that time, the market owner, who she stole the bread from, the market owner said, Mayor I know you might fall for this sad story, but the truth is crime is up. And we need you to enforce the law because if you don't, crime will continue to go up. LaGuardia took a deep breath and he said, well, you're right. There really is not a lot of wiggle room with the law. He said, ma'am, I charge you $10 today on the spot. Now remember, it's 1935. $10 or you will go to jail and spend 10 days in the local jail and as soon as he said that though he stood up from the bench took his robe off reached into his pocket and handed the tattered elderly lady 
$10. And then he said, on top of that, I'm going to charge every single person in this courtroom 50 cent for allowing us to have a community where a woman has to steal a loaf of bread to feed her children. Oh, then he took off his hat <laughs> and he passed his hat around like you're receiving an offering in church. Passed his hat around and that night they collected $37.50 plus his $10, $47.50, handed it to the lady and let her go free. The very next day, the newspapers covered the story, and wherever LaGuardia went, people would stand up and give him a standing ovation. That's what we're talking about here. That's the kind of pardon that Jesus has come to offer us tonight. He is the judge, hello, of the world. We, hello, are guilty. If we will just admit it and confess it, we are sinners. All people, the Bible says, have fallen short and will fall short of the glory of God. We are condemned. We are charged. We are guilty. But the good news of the gospel, the good news of Christmas, is that Christ has come to offer you, to offer me, Pardon, forgiveness of our sins. Everybody say pardon. Here's the second thing I would just talk to you about so briefly. Jesus came to offer you a purpose for your life. Jesus came to offer you a purpose for your life. Everybody say purpose. See, the truth is some of you are here tonight and you're trying to find purpose and you're trying to find meaning in all the wrong places. And I just want to tell you tonight, regardless of where you're looking for it, you will never find ultimate purpose. You will never find peace. You will never find true fulfillment in the things of this world that is only found in Christ. Here's a verse of scripture. You read the last one so well, would you read this one with me? It's from the same chapter. We're, we're just camping out in Colossians 1 today. Verse 27, go. God has chosen to make among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this, which is, which is what? Christ in you. Hey, what are you living for these days? What did, what did you live for in 2016? I would hope and pray that when you leave here tonight, maybe you'll make a commitment to God and you will commit to live your life for his ultimate capital P purpose. You will never, ever, ever find true contentment, true peace, true purpose, true hope in life until you are living your life before an audience of one. Look at what the Bible says here in verse 27 and 28. Let's do it together. Ready? Go. He is the one we admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Paul would say in light of the Christmas story, he would say in light of the pardon that he had received, he was going to live his life on purpose to do everything 
everything he possibly could to bring other people to a relationship with Christ and to have them reach spiritual maturity. One more thing. This is, this is, this is so good. We got so many guests here tonight. Jesus came. He came to offer you a what? He came to offer you a place in his home. Write it in. Jesus came to offer you a place in his home. Some of you are going to sit down tomorrow at your dining room table. It might look like this. And you're going to sit at your dining room table. And you're going to start. Many of us do this. More of you do this than you will want to admit. You'll, you'll get ready to sit down with large groups of people. And you'll start jockeying for who you're going to sit by. Like maybe some of you want to sit by that favorite aunt of yours, right? Others of you are doing everything you can to stay away from that guy who reminds you of Cousin Eddie. <laughs> the one who's going to eat all the apple pie, probably hit you up for a loan. And you're going to be at a table. And I wanted to let you know that next Sunday, we're going to be at a table right here. And we're going to break bread together. And we're going to lift the chalice together. And I want every single person here to know, listen to me, there's a place for you. You hear the amens? That's, that's the New Hope regulars. That's our heart. Like there, there is a place for you at this table. I mean, I look out here tonight and some of you, like I haven't seen you since last Christmas. And, and guess what? Some pastors like to kind of beat people up for that. That's not my heart. I'm, I, I'm not going to do that. Here's what I'd say to you. Hey, it's good to see you again. Welcome back. And, and guess what? We do this every Sunday. <laughs> no, serious. Like, like, welcome home. Welcome back. But here's the question. Why stay away till Easter or Christmas? There's a place for you at this table. In fact, I dare say we're not the body of Christ that we can be without you at the table. Hey, have you ever had a nice dinner and someone that you loved just couldn't make it? Maybe they were a prodigal or maybe they just had family conflict. Or it, it wasn't the same. So I'm not one of those who try to make you feel guilty for not being here. But I want you to know there's a place for you. And we would love to have you right back here next Sunday and as much as you can make it in 2017. Look at this verse of scripture. Let's read this out loud together. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That's Jesus, by the way. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Now don't miss this next part. Please don't miss this next part. By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. By making what? Through what? Shed where? So here's my final question. Have you made peace 
with God through his shed blood on the cross? Like, really? Have you, you, all you folks in the balcony, all you folks at all of our campus locations, have you made peace with God through his shed blood on the cross? Have you? Because until you do, and children, listen in. We've seen so many children raise their hands and accept Christ this weekend. The way you receive the pardon of God is through the shed blood of Jesus. Period. And you will never discover your ultimate purpose until you receive the shed blood of Jesus. And you'll never fully belong in his home with his people until you make peace with God through the shed blood of Jesus. So again, with a pregnant pause, have you made peace with God for your sin, for your shortcomings, for your failures, whatever you want to call them, you know, you've got yours, I've got mine, right? I put my pants on the same way you do. Have you made peace with God through his shed blood? You know what I believe the greatest problem is with a lot of people at Christmas? A lot of people at Christmas only imagine God in the form of a little baby. Think about it. Why else do you think church attendance skyrockets at Christmas? I have a theory. I believe it's because a lot of people can cuddle up to a baby. All of us, we love babies. Well, not all of us. Some of you might not love babies. I love babies. I lo the way I figure out, if all of my children are have two, three, or four children, I'm going to have 15 or 20 grandchildren. I love babies. And one of the problems, I think, with Christmas is that too many people only, only do business with a God who takes up residency in the form of an innocent, precious little baby. But in closing, I just want to remind you that that Christ child didn't stay a baby. That child grew like your children do. He grew in, the Bible says, wisdom and stature. And, and that child became a man. And that man taught us how to live life in its fullness, abundant life. We learn from the way he lived his life. And we see this in the Bible. But what's more important than that? was that at the age of 33 years old, he knew that his time had come. The very reason for which he came to planet Earth was to save you, was to what? Pardon you. And so at the age of 33, he allowed the sins of the world, hello, that's your sin. That's my sin. And at the age of 33, he spread wide his arms and was crucified on a cross for you. Because in Leviticus, the Bible is clear, there is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. And so he shed his blood for you. You want to know how much God loves you? This much. He loved you until it hurt. 
And there he shed his blood, his precious blood. As the old hymn would say, the blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Emmanuel meaning what? It's Christmas time. God with us. He shed his blood for you and you will never be at peace with God until you are at peace with his blood that he shed for you. Are you at peace with God? Because here's the deal. I'll say this and I'm done. Not only did that baby become a man and not only did he die on a cross for you. The Bible says that on the third day God the Father raised him from the dead. That's what Easter is all about. God the Father raised him from the dead. And the Bible says, therefore, that if you have done peace with God through the blood of Jesus, when you die, you will not die, but you will go to a place called heaven. And by the way, I just need to tell you this. You're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Again, those aren't Benji's words. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that every single person here, you are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ when you die. And we will all pass. And when you pass from this world and you stand before God, if you've done peace with God, if you've done peace with his blood, you're going to stand before God the Father. And he's not going to see all your sins. Hear me. If you are in Christ, we just read it, Colossians 1, in Christ, the hope of glory. If you are in Christ, God the Father will look down on you. He'll look down on me. I can't wait for that day. He'll look down on me, and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. He will not see my sin. He will see his son, Jesus Christ, and the fact that his blood has forgiven me. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into the kingdom of heaven, what has been prepared for you. Or a person will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that person will not have done peace through the blood of Christ. Hey, write this down. Go read it later. I don't have time to unpack it now. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, the Bible says this. That Jesus, who was God, took the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. So that at the name of, if you know it, say it with me. At the name of Jesus, every Knees shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now listen to me. Every single one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And if you're in Christ, it's a beautiful, good news story. And I've already said it. He'll say to you and he'll say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. But if you are not in Christ, you will confess him then. Oh, I promise you, you will confess him then. Because he is the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, tongue confess that he is Christ. You will confess. But if that is the first time you confess, 
only because you are in the presence of the holiness of God, you will hear another set of words. And I hate to break it to you, but this is, this is what I am called to do. I'm called to tell you the good stuff and the bad stuff. You won't hear, well done, good and faithful servant. The Bible says you will hear, depart from me. I never knew you. Have you made peace with God through the blood of Jesus? If not, I want to give you a chance to do it. I want to give you a chance to make Christmas Eve sacred for you for the rest of your life. That'll be your day. That'll be your spiritual birthday. For me, it was October 23rd, 1988. I shall never forget it. Have you ever claimed a day, a moment where you made peace with God for your sins through the blood of Jesus so that you knew that you knew that you knew that when you passed from this world and you entered into the full presence of God, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Father, we want to thank you, thank you, thank you for Christmas. God, I never get tired of this story. And God, there are thousands of believers listening to this right now. And we're just so grateful, God. We're so grateful that you've pardoned us in Jesus. We're so grateful that you've given us purpose. And we haven't figured all that out, God, but we're doing our best. We're so grateful that you've given us a place, a home, Father, we just don't want to move into this night and celebrate Christmas tomorrow with loved ones around us, with, with friends, with fellow human beings, without giving them an opportunity to receive the greatest gift of Christmas, the gift of your one and only Son. If you're here today and you desire to receive Christ, you want to receive the gift of Christmas, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Now, here in my heart, raising your hand does not save you. But there's something very powerful about a man or a woman or a child or a student lifting their hands toward heaven. It also gives me a chance to see you, gives me a chance to pray for you. One, God the Father loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, on that very first Christmas life-saving mission that you might have full pardon of your sins. Two, that Son of God went to a cross and He died for you, a sinner's debt, paid a price that you could not pay, and was crucified, dead, and buried for three days. And number three, on the third day, He rose from the dead so that you might have life and have it eternal. If you want to receive Christ right now, just pop your hand up in the hair. Just lift it up high. Just lift it up high. Hold it up high. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I see you folks, probably 10 or 15 folks. I see you folks back there, another 10 or so. I see you back here, sir. 
Sir, I see you on the front, ma'am. I see you. Praise God. Keep praying, church. Keep praying. Eternity hangs in the balance right now. I see you right here, sir. Over here, I see you four folks back there together. I see you folks here. I see you, little man. I see you. I see you way back there. Praise God for you. Yes, ma'am, I see you. Bless your heart. See you. Wow, I'm just now getting to the balcony. I see all your hands up there. Keep praying, church. Wow. Hold your hands up and pray with me. If you want to receive Christ now, just keep your hands lifted in the air, not toward a man, but toward heaven. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for Christmas Eve 2016. I'm sorry that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory, God. I am a sinner, and I know that I need you to be my Savior. I need your pardon. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life today, Lord Jesus. I open up my mind. I open up my heart. I open up my life, and I receive the Christmas gift of Jesus and eternal life. Would you pour your Holy Spirit into me, Lord? Give me the strength to follow you all the days of my life. And when I fall short, and I will, Father God, give me the courage, give me the integrity to come back before you and say, Lord, forgive me. I need your grace yet again. And throughout that entire process, Father God, would you change me? Would you transform me from the inside out into the image of your son, Jesus? We pray all this in his name. And the new hope people of God said together, amen, amen. Hands are still like Church, let them know, wow. <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Wow. Hey, if you just received Christ, um, there's a connect card there. Would you let us know that? Just mark that. Or, um, I'd love to send you some information. Again, I'm not going to come knocking on your door, but I'd love to send you some information. If you don't have a Bible, we give Bibles away free, by the way. So let us give you a Bible. Go outside to the Resource Center. Um, mark that connect card. Wow. That was pretty powerful. We're going to sing. Um, we're going to sing one of the most classic Christmas songs of all time as we receive our offering today and you have a chance to drop those connect cards in um, we're going to sing Silent Night and trust me, trust me, trust me you don't want to leave, you, you really want to hear this particular version of Silent Night if you're a guest, hey the basket's going to come past you just drop the connect card in there but don't worry about the offering, would you let this uh, be our gift to you um, Merry Christmas, we're so glad you are here. But when that basket does pass you, um, and by the way, there's an there's a e-giving card in the chair pocket. I know 70% of you now give on, online. You can put that in the offering basket as well for you to participate. But when that basket passes you, stand to your feet and let's end out this sacred night with silent night. Amen. Hey, those of you who just raised your hand, and by the way, I think more people just got saved in this service than any service, Pastor Fuller. Um, seriously, seriously. Um, hey, hey, those of you who just raised your hand and, and, and authentically prayed that prayer, welcome home. 
Welcome to the family of God. You are my brother. You are my sister. And now we get to stand and sing together this old classic. Stand when the basket passes you. <laughs> 